your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 283 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends from Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And, you know, guys, I was kind of afraid to check the standings during the early portions of this season because, obviously, the Rangers did not get off to a very good start, and they only had two wins in their first eight games, and I pretty much knew without looking that they were in last place in the Eastern Division. It was just kind of a question of how far in last place are they? How buried are they in the standings exactly? But after the Rangers picked up this most recent win against the Pittsburgh Penguins, a great team win, just a total grinded-out performance, I finally made myself look at the standings, and I got to say, it's not as bad as I was fearing it might be. Yes, the Rangers still are in last place, but for all the problems that this team has had this season, you got superstars not quite playing up to their potential. You've got, obviously, this most recent Tony D'Angelo situation. We're going to talk more about that today as well. Uh, You've had some uneven goalie play for the Rangers, although perhaps the tide is shifting a little bit there. Igor Shosturkin was very, very good in this most recent win against the Penguins. You've had too many penalties. You've had some defensive lapses. The team can't win a faceoff, but despite all of this, all these issues, some of which are definitely solvable, uh, the Rangers are now 3-4-2. They have eight points, and they are only three points behind the fourth place Pittsburgh Penguins. The Rangers also have a game in hand against the Penguins, and as we all know, you have to finish in the top four to make the playoffs. So it's all right there. It's right there in front of them. I realize this is more of a sprint to the conclusion of the regular season than the NHL season typically is, simply because you're only playing 56 games as opposed to 82, and that adds a little bit more urgency, a little bit more importance to every single game. But the fact is, the Rangers have only played nine games. They got 47 to go. There's still a long time for the Rangers to be able to play up to their potential here. And, uh, you know make a run at the playoffs. They're right there. They're right in it. It's too early for anybody to be really dead and buried in the standings. And like I said, only three points out of a playoff spot. And that's even with a game in hand uh, against this fourth place Pittsburgh Penguins team. So that'll let you know that was a really, really big win against the Penguins. But we got a ton to talk about today. It looks like Capo Caco is back at practice today after being added to the NHL's COVID protocol related absence list. Uh, We're going to try to get you guys some updates on Colin Blackwell and Brandon Smith as well. Both of them suffered recent injuries. And we're also going to get into a few more talking points coming out of the Rangers' most recent win against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then we can also talk a little bit more about Tony D'Angelo and that situation. It sounds like the Rangers actually might have several potential trade partners. Obviously, D'Angelo went through waivers unclaimed. Nobody wanted to uh, take that contract off the Rangers' hands and pay him $4.8 million per season between this year and next year. But now that he's cleared waivers, teams can reach out to the Rangers. They can kind of work some kind of creative trade that would probably involve the Rangers either eating money or including a draft pick. None of this is ideal for the Rangers, but the best thing for everybody is probably just to move on and and move Tony D'Angelo to another team. And not too long after it was speculated by a lot of us that Tony D'Angelo would not have any suitors, it sounds like there's several teams that might be interested in trading for him. So we'll talk about that a little bit as well. But like I said, let's go ahead and start with Capo Caco. On Monday, he was added to the NHL's COVID protocol-related absence list. Uh, He subsequently missed that evening's game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, which of course turned into a 3-1 win for the Rangers, a much-needed win. Uh, Given that Caco 
only missed the one game, and he's already back at practice today. The reasonable conclusion here is that he himself did not have COVID, but he may have come in contact with someone who had it. Uh, if Kako had been positive for COVID, then I don't think there's any way possible he'd be allowed back at practice so fast. That just would not happen. So that's obviously good news. Uh, as we've talked about, Kako does have type 1 diabetes. And really, even if that wasn't the case, anyone getting COVID-19 is scary. I mean, we've seen what this can do. And, you know, again, anybody who's listening to this who might have been affected in one way or another, uh, you know, you have my... Uh, sympathy. You have my condolences. It really is obviously just a terrible thing, uh, but very good news to hear, obviously, uh, for Capo Caco himself, the person, forget about the hockey player, but the person that, you know, he's already back at practice for the Rangers. And, uh, you know, from a hockey perspective, this helps the Rangers as well. They need as much offense as they can get right now. And it looks like Capo Caco, we'll get into the line combinations in just a second, but it looks like Caco is going to be, at least if you go by practice, he'll be playing on the second line with Artemi Panarin and with Ryan Strom. Not sure if they would have put him there if Colin Blackwell was still available, but kind of a moot point now. It looks like Kako will be the guy with Panarin and with Strom, and he'll be back in a top six role. But speaking of Colin Blackwell, let's do an update on the two players on the Rangers who recently got injured, that being Colin Blackwell and Brennan Smith. Blackwell suffered an upper body injury during Saturday night's loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins, the dreaded upper body injury, and he left the game, did not come back, was ruled out for the rest of the contest, and it looks like he is going to be out for 7 to 10 days due to this upper body injury. So really unfortunate for Colin Blackwell, uh, somebody who came over to the Rangers as an unheralded free agent was a healthy scratcher. Really, actually, he was on the taxi squad to start the season. But he got into some game action, and in his first three games, had a goal and two assists. Uh, had that big-time play in the overtime period against the Buffalo Sabres, where he came up with two steals of the puck, and then eventually set up Alexi Lafreniere for his first career goal. Uh, Lafreniere scores there, and the Rangers' four-game losing streak is snapped at that point. So, uh, yeah, really, really unfortunate for Colin Blackwell. He'd also been climbing up the lineup uh, most recently. He'd been playing on the second line there with Panarin and with Strom. So, you know, again, you go from being a taxi squad and a guy who it seemed like the Rangers just brought in as expansion draft fodder for the uh, upcoming Seattle Kraken franchise, but he got an opportunity. He ran with it. He was in a top six role. Uh, we'll see how they look to use him whenever he comes back. I mean, I would imagine he'd go right back into the lineup based on how he played in limited time with the Rangers uh, so far this season. But yeah, just really unfortunate timing because Colin Blackwell had really gotten off to a nice start for this team and uh, was really making a very positive impact on the New York Rangers. And Brennan Smith in this most recent game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Obviously, the Rangers claimed a 3-1 victory, but Brennan Smith was hurt in the first period of the game. Smith in that game suffered, say it with me now, an upper body injury. That happened once again in the first period. He did not return. Uh, and Smith, it's been a rough couple of days for him because he was actually benched the game before that on Saturday against the Penguins. He was on the ice for all three of Pittsburgh's goals in the first two periods. So, you know, obviously he had a chance to go out there, try to redeem himself, and he was involved in uh, just a nasty collision. It was a clean hit. Uh, Brandon Smith actually initiated the hit with Brandon Tanev. But the two of them, you know, just over the Ranger blue line, uh, Smith teed him up for a big hit, crashed into him at full speed, both went down to the ice, and uh, unfortunately, Brennan Smith does not return to the game, and he's out with the upper body injury, and we'll just have to wait and see 
if he's back on the ice at some point for the Rangers. He is not out there at practice today, so that probably doesn't bode well for his chances of playing Thursday against the Caps. I don't know that it completely rules him out either, but obviously uh, if you're a Ranger fan, you'd like to see Brandon Smith get back out there as soon as possible and at least be an option if the Rangers want to go with him on game night against the Washington Capitals. Not seeing any updates on Jack Johnson either. He last played on the January 26th game at the Buffalo Sabres. He was listed as day-to-day, still is listed as day-to-day with a groin strain, so an actual injury designation for Jack Johnson rather than just upper body or lower body. But yeah, I mean, not really any updates to speak of. And he was not practicing today either. Neither was Brennan Smith. But we will talk about who is available at Ranger practice, who was out there today, and the potential line combinations and defense pairings that are forthcoming for this Thursday night clash against the Washington Capitals. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. We're covering everything you need to know about the Rangers, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so I wanted to go ahead and talk a little bit about the line combinations and the defense pairings that we're seeing at practice here today for the Rangers. Uh, we don't really have pairings as far as the defensemen are concerned, but it sounds like there were only six defensemen on the ice for the Rangers today. Uh, Adam Fox, Ryan Lingrid, Jacob Truba, Keandre Miller, those four are obviously no surprise to anybody. Those four are locked into the starting lineup going forward. And then you also had Anthony Batetto and Liber Hayek. So if you're kind of reading between the lines here, it sounds pretty certain that these guys are going to be in the lineup tomorrow night unless somebody like Brandon Smith or Jack Johnson is ready to return tomorrow. But Anthony Batetto made his season debut for the Rangers in this most recent win against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And Liber Hayek, it looks like he's going to be getting his first chance of the season tomorrow night against the Capitals. We'll have to wait and see. But the fact that these were the only six defensemen on the ice, I think that bodes well for all of their chances of you know being active tomorrow night. The top four we know for sure are going to be out there. But it sounds like the uh, bottom pairing, if you will, will be Anthony Batetto and Liber Hayek. We'll just keep our eye on that and uh, see how it shakes out. But for anybody who needs a little bit of a refresher on Liber Hayek, he's still just 22 years old. He was a former second-round pick by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Back in 2016, he went number 37 overall, and he was part of the trade that sent J.T. Miller and Ryan McDonough to Tampa Bay 
in exchange for Vladislav Nemesnikov, Brett Howden, Liber Hayek himself, and two draft picks uh, back in 2018. The book is still out on Hayek. Uh, he actually made his NHL debut two seasons ago with the Rangers, skating in five games that year. But then last season, he made the team out of training camp. He was a little bit up and down, and then he got injured, never really got his spot back. He ended up playing just one game with the Rangers after his injury before going down to the Hartford Wolfpack. That one game was in January last season. But Hayek's got a tremendous opportunity here because if he plays well enough, he can be this year's Ryan Lindgren. You know, somebody who plays well and just kind of sticks in the lineup despite being an under-the-radar player during training camp. The top four defensemen are solidified. We know that. But the fifth and sixth spots are anybody's for the taking right now. You know, Brandon Smith has been up and down this season, and now he's injured. We'll see what happens there. Jack Johnson really has not been good, and he's injured right now. Tony D'Angelo, completely out of the picture. So these last two spots on the Rangers, they are ripe for the taking for guys like Liber Hayek and maybe even Anthony Boteto. And just to talk about Anthony Boteto a little bit as well, he's 30 years old. He's skated in 183 career NHL games with the Predators, the Wild, and most recently last season with the Jets. And last year, he actually set career highs in games played with 51, uh, assists with 8, average ice time per game with 15.09, hits with 145, and block shots with 50. Uh, he signs a two-year deal with the Rangers this offseason. And again, it's a very unheralded free agent pickup for the Rangers, but this is someone who now has a chance to stake his claim to be in the lineup every night, or at least more nights than not. And you're not going to get any offense here. Uh, two goals, 25 assists in his career, 183 games. Uh, he's strictly a stay-at-home defenseman. And for some extensive background on Boteto, he was taken by the Nashville Predators in the sixth round of the 2010 NHL Draft. So 11 years ago, goes number 168 overall. You got to give credit to Boteto for hanging around. I always admire players like this, guys who were late round draft picks and just kind of scratch and claw their way to the NHL. And, you know, we saw Anthony Boteto last season put up career highs in basically every single stat, every single relevant stat, and basically play the best hockey of his NHL career. And like we said, he now has an opportunity with the New York Rangers. And his first game with the Rangers on Monday against the Penguins, Potato logged 14 minutes, 51 seconds of ice time. He had four hits and two block shots, also played for a minute and 20 seconds on the penalty kill. So a very solid uh, debut for Potato there. And what makes the Rangers' performance that much more impressive in this game against the Penguins is the simple fact that they had to gut out a win with basically only five defensemen because Brandon Smith was injured very early in that game. He had just four minutes and 43 seconds of ice time, and Boteto was making his season debut. So it really was a gritty performance uh, by the Rangers just kind of putting it all together and, and finding a way to come out of there with a W. Also making his debut for the Rangers was Johnny Brodzinski. Uh, he has already been reassigned to the Hartford Wolfpack. We'll talk about Brodzinski a bit more in the future if he ends up back with the Rangers, but I do want to keep it moving, go over a few more notes from this 3-1 win against the Penguins in just a second here. Wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Are we ready for some football? The Super Bowl is right around the corner, and there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
Visit our good friends and exclusive partner by going on Twitter and going to at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use promo code locked on for your sign up bonus. Once again, that is promo code locked on in all caps, and you will get your sign up bonus. Hashtag betonline. Every Wednesday on Locked On NHL, take a deep dive into the Western Conference with Sarah Evampato of Locked On Kings and Tom Gazzola of Locked On Oilers. Whether it's a look at top-end contenders like Vegas or Colorado or breaking down the rebuilds of the Kings and Blackhawks, Locked On NHL has you covered on Western Conference Wednesdays. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. Want to talk just a little bit more today about the Rangers' 3-1 to win against the Penguins. Obviously, we spoke with Hunter Hodes from Locked on Penguins in yesterday's episode, and uh, Hunter's great, does a great job with Locked on Penguins. Always fun doing those crossover episodes with him, but we kind of looked at like the broader, the bigger picture for both franchises, and there were just a couple of other notes that I had about this Ranger win against the Penguins that I want to share with you guys today. Uh, first of all, I thought the fourth line had a fantastic night. That's really nothing new. I think the guys on the fourth line have really played well for the Rangers all season. Uh, you had Kevin Rooney scoring just a blue-collar, hard-working goal. There was a delayed penalty against the Penguins. The Rangers did a great job keeping the puck away from them. And this is late in the second period, and the Penguins are still up one nothing at this point. I mean, we're talking like three minutes and change to go in the second period. Rangers really need a goal. I mean, we've talked about how they've struggled offensively at times this season, and Kevin Rooney's in there deep in the crease. The puck's bouncing around. He's trying to put it home. And as he's falling to the ice, basically, you know, he puts the puck back in front, and it deflects off of a Penguin, goes into the net. So just a great play by Kevin Rooney there. I mean, he's taking a beating while this is happening and just doing everything he can to try and get one in the net for the Rangers. There's a big pile up in the crease, and then you see that beautiful sight of the referee giving the goal signal, you know, pointing at the goal and, and signaling that the puck had indeed gone in. So great job by Kevin Rooney there. And then there was Brett Howden. Now, I realize Howden, he's moved up uh, in Philip Heedle's absence. He's mostly been playing on the third line, but he's played a lot of time on the fourth line this season. Obviously, kind of looking like a bottom six uh, forward for the Rangers. We'll see if he ever uh, gets any higher than that, if he ends up on one of the top two lines at some point. Time will tell there. But the Rangers basically were sleepwalking through the first period, and you're starting to wonder, inevitably, you know, are the Rangers kind of hanging their heads? Are they kind of just in a daze from the Tony D'Angelo situation? And they really did not play well in the first period against the Penguins on that night, which is kind of the opposite of what's been happening in these Ranger-Penguin matchups early in the season. Usually the Rangers get off to a good start, and then the Penguins come back. What we saw here was kind of the opposite, and I can't help but think that it was Brett Howden who kind of sparked this team here, because at the end of the first period, you know, big dust-up, a lot of pushing and shoving, everybody's involved in it. Next thing you know, uh, Brett Howden and Kasperi Kapanen are dropping the gloves, and Brett Howden clearly won that fight, by the way. Landed a couple of good punches. Uh, his teammates on the bench, you know, tapping their sticks on the boards and on the ice, uh, really appreciative of Brett Howden basically just going to battle for them and, and trying to light a fire under this team, which I think he did because the Rangers clearly got better as this game went on. They played better in the second period, and then I thought their their best hockey clearly came in the third period of this game. So a great job by Brett Howden there, uh, lighting a little bit of a fire under his team. And then Brandon Lemieux, he was very noticeable in this game. I've been kind of campaigning for him to get a little bit more ice time. He drew a penalty. He also helped the Rangers on the goal by uh, Kevin Rooney he helped the Rangers maintain possession on that play. Just kind of kept the puck away from everybody, made a pass. The Rangers kept moving the puck around the perimeter. Eventually, you get that crazy scramble in front of the Penguin net, and Kevin Rooney stuffs it home. So a uh, great job by Brandon Lemieux as well. He ended up with 12 minutes and one second of ice time, so that's obviously more than he's been getting, and hopefully it continues to trend in that direction. Obviously, listen, the players are going to dictate that themselves by how they're playing out there, but if Brandon Lemieux continues to play well, which I think he has for the most 
part this season. A couple of, you know, maybe some boneheaded penalties aside, I think Brian Lemieux has looked good for this team. Uh, I remember that game against the Devils where he's just throwing himself in the way of P.K. Subban slap shots and just taking a beating to do everything he can to prevent that shot from getting on net. If Lemieux continues to play the way he did against the Penguins in this most recent game, then hopefully his ice time continues to increase, and hopefully he gets to make an impact on these games. Another takeaway is that Ke'Andre Miller is a beast, and I don't think I'm telling you guys anything that you don't know, but, I mean, how about that play he made to basically save the game? The Rangers are up 2-1 to in the third period. Uh, the Penguins applying some pressure, and there's an instance where Jacob Truba and Igor Shesterkin are both down in the crease. I believe Shesterkin had actually lost his stick at this moment as well. So the Rangers back on their heels, they're in trouble. And Keandre Miller sees everything developing. He moves over quickly, gets in the way of a slap shot and blocks the shot. Now, could Shesterkin possibly have saved this? It's at least possible, but that was a golden scoring opportunity for the Penguins. And when you've got a goalie who's, you know, falling down on the ice and doesn't have his stick and one of his teammates is at his legs, it would have been really, really tough for Igor Shesterkin to stop that shot. So Keandre Miller very well may have saved the game there. He also had a breakaway chance, and he faked Casey DeSmith out of his skates. Unfortunately, I uh, just couldn't quite tuck it inside the post there, and it ends up going right wide of the net. But I mean, Keandre Miller, what else can you say? He's been the best story of the New York Rangers so far this season, exceeding expectations just to be in the opening night lineup, but then, I mean, just completely excelling on the ice as well. Again, shaky night on opening night, but he's been fantastic ever since. I also think this is the first time this season where the Ranger goalie was a big-time difference maker in a positive way for the Rangers. Igor Shesterkin was really, really good in this game. He stopped 25 of 26 shots. He also played a big role in making sure that the Penguins went 0 for 6 on the power play. I realize the Penguins have struggled on the man advantage, but they obviously have no shortage of scoring threats over there, guys that can put the puck in the net. And cliche or not, your goalie has to be your best penalty killer. And I thought Igor Shesterkin was exactly that on this night. I don't know that he had, maybe the only thing missing from his performance uh, was that one jaw-dropping save where you just can't even believe that he came up with, you know, just a fantastic highlight reel save. I don't know that that ever happened in this game, but he made some tough saves and there was a lot of chaos in the third period. A lot of traffic in front of him, a lot of bodies kind of fighting his way through screens to turn away some shots. I thought the Rangers overall did a really nice job defensively, but Igor Shesterkin more than held his own. And like I said, I think this is the first time that the Ranger goalie was one of the biggest reasons why they won the game. I realize, you know, the second game of the season, Alex Georgiev had a shutout and he played very well in that game as well. But you got to remember, that game was five to nothing. So even a mediocre performance out of your goalie, you're probably going to get a win. You're probably going to get two points there. This was the first game all season where I thought, man, the Ranger goalie, whether it's Igor or Georgiev, he is one of the biggest reasons why the Rangers won this game. And that kind of leads me into my next point as well. It's something I was going to talk about a little later, but we might as well just dive into it right here, right now. David Quinn, not too long ago, mentioned that he wants to go with a back and forth alternating of the two goalies. And while I can certainly appreciate the strategy of kind of going with the hot hand and giving God, giving Georgiev and Igor Shesterkin close to a 50-50 mix early in the season and just waiting to find out if either of them uh, takes the bull by the horns and really establishes himself as the main goalie, I can definitely appreciate that approach. I don't like just alternating and just going Igor Georgie, Igor Georgie, Igor Georgie. I don't like that. It's just kind of mindless. You know what I mean? Like... Igor Shesterkin is coming off of a great performance, and we'll see what the Rangers want to do on Thursday. There's no official word yet about which goalie is going to start, but imagine if Igor Shesterkin, let's say he was even better than that against the Penguins in this last game. Let's say Igor Shesterkin went out there and just had a fantastic night, jaw-dropping saves, and the Rangers win the game 1-0, and Igor Shesterkin comes away with a 44-save shutout. Are you really going to go back to Alex Georgiev in the next game? 
And another reason why I don't like the idea of just simply going back to Georgiev, and it's nothing against Georgiev, but Igor Sisterkin just had a really nice game for the Rangers. I think overall this franchise does view him as the goalie of the future. And the Rangers had two off days between Monday's game against the Penguins and Thursday's upcoming game against the Washington Capitals. And on top of that, Saturday's game against the Devils has been postponed. And so the Rangers will not play again after Thursday until the following Monday against the Islanders. So this Thursday night matchup against the Washington Capitals is the Rangers' only game over a six-day period. So to me, the Rangers should be treating this like it's game seven of a playoff series. I mean, I'm exaggerating to make the point here, but there's no reason not to go with your best starting lineup, go with your best goalie, go with the guys who you think gives the team the best chance to win and just put your best foot forward and do everything you can do to win this game because empty the tank. There's no reason not to. You're not saving any energy for any of the upcoming games. And to take Igor Shesterkin out of the lineup, it's not like you have to worry about you know, reducing his wear and tear and keeping him durable for the rest of the season. He's going to play this game. And again, it's the Rangers only game over a six day period. So you're not going to risk burnout or anything like that when it comes to Igor Shesterkin. I got to throw Igor back out there for an encore, man. Just like the Rangers did earlier in the season when Alex Georgiev uh, had the shutout against the Islanders. They put him back out there for the game against the Devils. I don't see any reason not to do that now with Igor Shesterkin, with him coming off of a good game. And again, with the Rangers having a pretty light schedule in the coming weeks. And on top of that, you know, we talk about just one game in six days. They're not doing any traveling either. It's a home game against the Capitals on Thursday. The Rangers have been home for their last couple of games. They'll be home on Monday against the Islanders and their next two games after that against the Bruins. So I don't know, man. I, I think I got to go with Igor Shesterkin for this one. But we'll see how they look to play it. And if there's an update before I'm done recording this episode, I'll obviously give that to you guys, uh, you know, at the end of the show here. But uh, yeah, I got to get Igor back in there for an encore. But one other aspect of Rangers-Penguins that I wanted to talk about real quick here, another awesome night for Artemi Panarin. He comes up with a goal and two assists. This was his 400th career game. He celebrated it in style. He now has three goals and three assists in his last three games. So he's on fire, just like we all were expecting he would eventually be at some point this season. In nine games so far this year, he's up to five goals and seven assists. And it's funny because earlier this season, the first few games, Panarin was still getting his points. But to me, it didn't feel like, he didn't quite look like the same player from last season. And again, I think we all had all the confidence in the world that he would eventually get there. But he didn't, to me, in the first few games, look like the guy who strikes fear into the heart of his opponents every single time the puck is on his stick. He has absolutely looked that part over these last few games here. And that's how spoiled we are as Ranger fans, because through six games, I think Panarin had five points, and it's like, oh, wow, really? That's it? But He's really caught fire in these last few games. He may well end up in the MVP discussion again before it's all said and done this season. And I hate to say this, but Mika Zibanejad thus far not producing the way he did last year, it actually strengthens Panarin's cause as far as an MVP-type season is concerned because, again, the award is for not necessarily the best player in the league, but the most valuable player, not the overall best player. So Panarin becomes that much more valuable if he ends up carrying the Rangers offensively and if Mika isn't performing at the same superstar level that he did last year. And I still expect Mika will turn around. He'll go on to have a great season for this team. But again, if he doesn't produce like he did last year and Panarin does, then Panarin's MVP case or his potential MVP case only gets stronger. And it's funny, you know, we don't talk that much about Panarin on this show because 
you just take what he does for granted. I mean, he's always going to be on the score sheet. He's always going to be making things happen. But, I mean, man, are we lucky to have this guy. This is the kind of guy that you build your team around. And uh, we've seen the impact he makes. He makes guys better. Ryan Strom last season, career journeyman, ends up with the best season of his life. Same thing for Jesper Foss, best season of his life. And now we'll just have to wait and see if he can get Capo Caco going a little bit. Caco's got a great opportunity here as well, uh, getting to play on the second line with Panarin. And to kind of wrap up for the day, I just wanted to mention once again that Tony D'Angelo, it sounds like he is likely to be traded within the next couple of days. This according to TSN's Darren Dreger. And as far as what team he could be heading to and what the Rangers might get back, look, I don't expect the Rangers to get too much back in a trade like this. I think it's a situation where they just want somebody to take Tony D'Angelo off their hands. It could involve the Rangers uh, eating up to half of his contract. Hopefully it's not that much. Maybe the Rangers have to throw in uh, like a second or third round draft pick to get a team to take Tony D'Angelo away from them. Or it could be a situation where there's another uh, overpaid player on another team who also needs a change of scenery. And I think if you're the Rangers, you'd probably do that in about two seconds. I think of all the options, that's probably the best one. Let's send Tony D'Angelo to another team and let's, in exchange for him, bring back somebody who also might have a contract that is paying him too much, but somebody who at least has a chance to turn it around with a change of scenery. I think that's probably the best case scenario for the Rangers is that last option. As far as where D'Angelo could be heading, hard to say for sure. I think uh, a veteran team would probably make the most sense. One of those teams that is perennially in the playoffs and or contending, you know, a team like the Penguins or the Bruins comes to mind because they are always in the playoffs. They're always a threat to win the whole thing. And they also have a veteran locker room and guys that have been there for a very long time. And I think if Tony D'Angelo goes into a locker room like that, it's going to be known to him very fast that, listen, we're not going to listen to any of this here. You keep your mouth shut, you play hockey, you fall in line. And I think a veteran team could probably uh, better take on a personality like Tony D'Angelo's a little bit better than a young team like the Rangers, because the Rangers still trying to build a culture there, still kind of solidifying their team identity. Who exactly are we as a team? There are no such questions like that in a locker room like the Penguins or the Bruins. If you look at the Western Conference, I don't know, maybe the Blues, uh, maybe a team like the Vegas Golden Knights. It seems like they're always in the playoffs. Uh, we'll have to just wait and see what happens. Your guess is as good as mine as far as what team he could be headed to. But obviously, it's something we'll keep an eye on going forward here. And if a trade does happen, uh, we'll definitely talk about that in the upcoming days. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.